So earnestly I ask each servant of the Lord if he is willing, if the love of God constrains him, bear this letter so that no one may pretend he does not know what I have written. Read these words aloud in public, in the presence of the proud Corotocus himself, because if sometime God may in his mercy let them come unto their senses and return to him, repenting of their gruesome, cruel, and grim iniquity, however late, if they should come to hate their murderous way of life and set their prisoners free, then may they know his mercy and again obey his word, and by repentance show that they have been restored unto Christ's holy way. Welcome to the Inverse Theology Project. I'm your host, T.M. Moore. This is Volume 11, Number 3, Historical Theology. At times in his letter against the soldiers of Corotacus, whom he refers to as a wicked lout, Patrick seems to be addressing the believers along the path of Corotacus' retreat to Scotland to warn them not to fellowship with these men who have perpetrated such an outrage against Patrick and the church just because they were Irish. At other times, he speaks to the soldiers themselves, and at other times still to those who have been martyred by Corotacus and his men. His message is clear. Repentance is in order, and no Christian should do anything other than insist on this from Corotacus and his soldiers. Here is the conclusion of Patrick's letter against the soldiers of Corotacus. Far from the love of God, this wicked lout betrays God's children to the hands of picks and pagan Irish, savage wolves and sick with sin. They thus devour God's flock just when, by sovereign care, that flock of newborn men had reached its greatest growth within this land. I cannot count the sons of the Irish and the royal daughters who have now become for Christ both monks and virgins. Therefore, from this evidence I urge you, do not see this injury which has been done to me and to my ministry as just, for it is unacceptable unto the pit of hell. Thus who among the holy would not horrified be to offer any good or think of making merry with the likes of them? They fill their days with vicious strikes against the people of the Lord. They live by plundering the dead and do not give a second thought to what they do. And to their friends and children they give poisonous food, and do not understand the wickedness in what they do. Like Eve, they think to bless themselves. Instead, they offer death to those they love. And so it is with him who knows to do what's right, but chooses evil. He condemns himself unto eternity. This is the custom Christian Roman Gaul pursues. They send unto the Franks and all the other heathen worthy holy men to purchase from captivity again their baptized captives. On the other hand, Corodicus and all his wicked band destroy and sell them to a foreign land, to people who know not the Savior and his gracious ways. He might as well have sold them to a brothel. Yet you are so bold to think that you have hope in God. What kind of hope should anyone expect to find who does such things, or for that matter, who consents and goes along or speaks to you respectfully? For as the scripture says, not only those who follow evil ways, but even those consenting with them shall be damned. I do not know what more to tell of those dead children who were cruelly by the sword struck down. The scriptures tell us, cry with those who cry. And if in sorrow one of you is found, then sorrow all. For sons and daughters who were carried off as slaves to pagan lands, where open, shameless, grave iniquity abounds, The church thus mourns and offers its lament. 
Those people scorn the ways of freedom, those apostate picks. And so we mourn our brethren. We are sick at heart for their captivity and cry in grief and sadness. Loving brethren, I have led to know the Lord. What can I do for you? I am inadequate unto the task and have no help to offer man or God. Perhaps they do not understand that we possess one baptism and we know one God. For them it is a matter so disgraceful that we're Irish. But you know the saying, Have you not one God? And so why have you, one and all, abandoned your own neighbor? For this reason, grieving for you, I grieve yet, my loved ones. But again, within me I rejoice. For not in vain have I been laboring in your midst, and my long exile has not been for naught. I decry this awful crime that has been done among us. But remember, every one of those who died was baptized and has gone to paradise. I see you, friends, there on our journey to the place where neither night nor death nor dread nor sorrow will affright you ever. Freed from all your bonds, you leap about like calves and crush beneath your feet the wicked who will be as ashes. You will reign with the apostles. Prophets, too, and martyrs rule beside you. You will gain an everlasting kingdom when your pain is through, as he himself has promised. He has said, From east and west into the tree of Abraham shall many come, and they will rest within my kingdom. In the way without are dogs, the wicked murderers, and elsewhere every lying perjurer shall be allotted to the fiery lake. Not without reason does the apostle make this statement. When the just man barely can be saved, where does that leave the sinful man and him who breaks God's law? Where then will he, Corodicus, and all his henchmen be? Where will they see themselves, these rebels who oppose the rule of Christ, and show that they are really fools and not among his faithful, who have sold as prices Christian girls to gain the cold rewards of worldliness, which all will in an instant pass, like mist or like a thin smoke trail, which by the wind is soon dispersed, deceitful sinners will to Christ rehearse their wretched deeds and perish in his face. But for the holy, just Another place has been reserved, for they in perfect peace and harmony eternally will feast before the Lord and sit in judgment on the nations when this wicked age is done and rule over wicked kings forever. I bear witness to the Lord, in spite of my slight learning, it shall be as I have said, for do not think these words are mine. Instead, hear what the prophets and apostles say, he will be saved who has believed, but they shall be condemned who do not trust the Lord. The Lord has spoken in his holy word. So earnestly I ask each servant of the Lord, if he is willing, if the love of God constrains him, bear this letter so that no one may pretend he does not know what I have written. Read these words aloud in public, in the presence of the proud Corodicus himself, because if sometime God may in his mercy let them come into their senses and return to him, repenting of their gruesome, cruel, and grim iniquity, however late, if they should come to hate their murderous way of life and set their prisoners free, then may they know his mercy and again obey his word, and by repentance show that they have been restored unto Christ's holy way. Now in the Father, Son, and Spirit, peace be unto you, and may his grace increase. 
Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the wealth of resources available to help you grow in your walk with and work for the Lord. You can review all the previous editions of the Inverse Theology Project by going to the website, clicking the Resources tab, then clicking the Inverse Theology masthead. In our next installment, we return to the Westminster Confession of Faith as we continue to trace the outlines of systematic theology as presented in that great summary. Until then, for the Fellowship of Ilba and the Inverse Theology Project, this is T.M. Moore.